Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Back here on the ML Sports Platter. It's all brought to you by our good friends at Stanley Law Offices, CH Insurance, and Burn Dairy. Make sure you hit up your participating locations at Burn Dairy in central New York. Gas up your vehicle, of course. They got the chocolate milk for the kids, and, and you know those donuts and coffee on the way into work as well. We bring them in. My good pal, Scott Petoniak, the best-selling author and, of course, columnist. You can get them all over social media platforms and, of course, the Business Journal via Rochester. Scott, welcome aboard here, man. It's our first uh, video, uh, you know, back-and-forth interview here, and it's a blast to have you aboard the platter again, my man. It's, it's great seeing you, Mike, and I'm trying to, like, see, like, what you got on the wall there. I love that. You know, I see, like, well, you know, what are the different things, so. Yeah, there's a lot going on in the back. If you can see as I'm moving on, you got the whole collage there, and it goes all the way around the man cave into a Sabres and hockey thing. And then, uh, you know, this was the room that my mom taught in. So uh, there's my guitar that I played a little bit and, and and my trombone, which I played for a long time. I picked that back up a little bit and then a tribute corner to her. And um, as you know very well, loss, uh, loss sucks because you've been dealing with it too, my man. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a difficult time and you just got to embrace the memories and uh, enjoy every day, squeeze everything you can get out of every single day. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do. So just to kick things off here, people who don't know, Scott has written a million awesome books, obviously, and his newest one here with Rick Burton, Invisible No More. This is a huge book for people, though, historically, because honestly, Scott, if you could just spend a minute or two, this is on a figure in terms of Sadat Singh, who people really need to know about, in my opinion, especially where I'm sitting in central New York, a place that's near and dear to your heart. You're from Rome and a graduate of SU. This right here, baby, is history, man. Yeah, you know, Wilson, I'd say, is still remains, for the most part, like a, a lost figure in history. Um, yes, his number is uh, retired and hangs from the rafters in the, in the dome. Uh, but, you know, I dare say every time I go and sit as a civilian in the stands and I ask people, like, they look up there, they, they know who Sherman Douglas is and they, they know, you know, Derek Coleman and obviously all the other greats. And then they see this name, Sinat Singh. Who is that? And I swear, you could have 35,000 there for a Duke game, and, the, and I could find maybe 200 diehard Syracuse, longtime Syracuse fans who would know who Wilma Sinatse is. So he is really, he is one of the greatest athletes in Syracuse University history and beyond, actually, that nobody knows of. And uh, his life is so much more than him also just being a, incredible athlete. I mean, he's Jim Brown before Jim Brown. He's Bo Jackson before Bo Jackson. He's Deion Sanders before Deion Sanders. And uh, he's also a scholar, a true scholar. He's a pre-med student at Syracuse University. Um, he's compared to the two best quarterbacks of, of the time. It would be like he was compared to, to Sammy Bond, Sid Luckman. So that would be like, you know, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes today you'd be compared with but would not have a chance to play in the NFL because they actually banned blacks back then uh, in, in the late 30s. Here's a guy who played on the, you know, was a great basketball player at Syracuse, and he also played on the Harlem Reds, who in the pre-NBA days were the, the world championship basketball team. They were they were it. And, and then he was also a Tuskegee Airman, and he gave his life for a country in which he didn't have full citizenship. So he's a guy that Rick and I have, known about had on our radar for a long time wanting to do a book about him and we did it as a historical novel because there was so little on the record from him back in the day 
Yeah, it's awesome uh, stuff that you guys did this thing. I kind of dabbled skimming here and there, but I'm diving in. This is my next book. Right now I'm reading a book on the UCLA uh, Kingdom on Fire with Alcinder and Walton and all those guys having to win those championships and that crazy winning streak of, of well over 80 games uh, with all the nonsense going on in our country and overcoming a lot of that. Uh, and then I'm diving right into this one. I just came off of Roland Lazenby's bio on Magic Johnson, which was 788 pages. So, dude, you know how vociferous of a reader I am. And I've loved your books for so long. And I can't wait to dive in. And I appreciate you sending me this right here. We transition. What's next for the Buffalo Bills? Wow. Uh, well, you know, they got some... Uh, you know, their capologists are going to be working overtime. As you well know, um, Mike, they're, they're 50 million over right now. And yeah, the, the cap could go up. I mean, I'm assuming it's going to go up. So they'll have a, a little more room to a wiggle room there. But there's going to be some dramatic changes and some hard decisions made. There's no way around it. I think there's some easy things to do right off. You know, you restructure Josh's contract, Josh Allen, and you save 22, 23 million right off the bat. But, and, you know, there's some other things you can do and stuff, but you're not going to have a lot of room to work with in terms of making any big splashes in free agency. You're going to have to draft extremely well. Um, you know, you're going to have to hit on guys who are going to have to be contributors right away, um, just as you had with, you know, Osiris Torrance, uh, who was a great draft pick for them last year and played extremely well in life. But you're going to have to have several of those now. Um, you know, because the, the – that the bill come due, and, and and you know for for the Buffalo Bills, that's that there's no way around it, and um, you know and you've got some difficult things going on. You've got a an onerous contract with with Von Miller that you really there isn't a lot you can do with it, Mike. Um, you know people say, "I'll oh, just cut him." Well, you want that debt cap on there? You, you should really just try to get something out of him, hopefully. And then Stefan Diggs. A typical offseason with Stefan, right? We got to have cryptic remarks because that's what he loves to do. But there's no, you know, real way like, ah, just get rid of him. He's a prima donna. Well, you don't have a number one receiver. Um, and yes, his performance really did go into a swoon in the second half of the season. And you worry about that. He's going to be 31, I think, in November. Um, you really don't have any choice but to pray that. He gets his head on straight, just it comes back and and works hard again, and it still has quite a bit left in the tank. That's the only thing he can do. Yeah, and I mean, I would look at you know, there's there's a couple of easy. I mean, I say easy, nothing's easy, but I guess a few things are easier than others. You know, the salary cap is always the big NFL. All oh, the cap, the cap. I keep trying to tell people the cap is only the cap until it's not. Meaning, you can just cut people at any time now. You can cut players and you save money, but obviously you got to fill those holes. But you can save money. It's, it's not impossible here. And to me, it's very simple in terms of, and you got to strike in the draft, no doubt. I'm so with you on that. Younger, cheaper, and immediate return on the investment, immediate return on your draft. You got to find those instant Christian Benfords again, the instant Dane Jacksons, the instant Osiris Torrances the instant guys to put around uh, JA-17. You got to get another receiver, maybe two. I think there's two real easy ones here, and I know it's going to hurt Bill's fans to hear this, and you know where I'm going because you're nodding right away. The first draft pick of the regime is Trey White. He's got two major injuries, Achilles and ACL, and Dawson Knox. I know Dawson Knox is Josh's buddy. 
I know that he's, I feel bad what happened with his brother. I know that he's a great locker room guy. Bills fans love him. But this is the hard game you play. Scott, if you cut those two guys, you're immediately in the 25 million saved area. And Dawson Knox, to me, does nothing besides block during the regular season and a couple of big catches in the big games, which is great. But now you got this guy named Dalton Kincaid who should be able to do that. And Trey White, sorry, he's just not that Trey White where for maybe a year and change, he was the best corner or one of the top three corners. I would I would cut those guys immediately. Again, over 30, expiring contracts, Knox, Trey White, I think that's where you start. You got to get younger, cheaper, faster, better right now. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and the, the White um, you know, divorce would be extremely tough because I understand he was their first prominent pick. I get it for, for this regime. And he's a guy who's worked extremely hard, but you're right. Sadly, you know, his career has just been shortchanged here by two injuries. And those are two leg injuries. You know, we don't, he wasn't back to being, you know, Trey White even before he had the second one. And now, now you really got to wonder if he's ever going to get even close to being that. And, you know, you made a great trade. Uh, during the season of getting Rasul Douglas, I think it was a brilliant move, and that enables you, that gives you the opportunity to make this kind of move, you know, drastic move here with, we got to say bye, you know, Trey, I'm sorry, I mean, I, I know it's a brutal business. Now, you are going to, you are going to still have, you're still going to inherit, you know, some dead money as a result of that, but there's no easy way up through this. There really isn't, and so you've got to make those tough calls. Now, you know, some people say, well, now you can't do your 12 personnel if you, you know, you, you cut knots. Big deal. Big deal. Right uh, You know, so big deal. You get another tight end, and, you know, when you want to do your 12 personnel and, and get a blocking tight end for on the cheap, you know, so. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I, I know you are, and again, Scott Petoniak with us, the best-selling author and uh, columnist here on the ML Sports Platter, brought to you by our good friends over at Rosie's Corner and Camilla's Golf Club, the, the the Super Bowl window is probably almost as overused as system quarterback and what else can I, culture, all these different things that we hear a million ways to Sunday, or now we're in the draft part, right? The combine, the slow period that last week where we, you know, we're waiting for the second week for the real buildup of the Super Bowl. And now we're talking senior bowl and size and strength and IQ and football moxie, right? All these things that are overused. So Super Bowl window though, the bills, some say they're out of it. Some say they're still in it. I know you say they're still in it because they've got the quarterback. I know that I go the other way because sometimes you don't, it doesn't matter if you have the quarterback, if all the other parts are failing you over and over again, that's number one from the head coach on down to players, including aforementioned Stefan Diggs, not making plays. Number two is there's the dude over in Kansas City who's Michael Jordan at quarterback right now. And sometimes you live in an era where you're Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, John Stockton, Carl Malone, Clyde Drexler, Sean Kemp, Gary Payton, and you don't win because MJ won six. And the third one is I just look at the way the league is right now and everything is getting tougher and tougher as usual every year. But now we add extra layers of things that didn't happen last year, like Jim Harbaugh's involved and Joe Burrow will be back. Those are the reasons why I think there might be that much room in the window or it's shut, despite my favorite player, my guy, Josh Allen, who you and I both love. Those are the reasons I would tell you 
Nope. Oh, wait, there's one more. It's Buffalo sports. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. The, the curse, the curses of, of Buffalo being a Buffalo sports fan. Um, yeah, I, you make great points. The league's getting better. Uh, the AFC, believe it or not, is getting better. Um, as, as you mentioned, I think, I mean, look, look out for, I was going to call the San Diego Chargers, the LA Chargers with Harbaugh there. Um, you know, he, he's going to do wonderful things, I think, you know, and, and finally get Herbert to be Herbert. I mean, the guy's got tremendous talent. There's no denying it. Um, and yeah, Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, is a hurdle that there are some hurdles you can't leap. Um, but I still think they can. Um, you know, if if Stefan Diggs catches that bomb, um, you know, if, if some of these other things go that way, that game, they don't win that, you know, Kansas City doesn't win that, win that game. I mean, it's just, but you got to make those plays and you got to be that. Um, I still think, you know, with Josh being at the AGS 27, you know, I still think your window, is, you know, as long as you do have a quarterback. But, but you know, we'll, we'll see. Like, I, I think you raise a good point about the coaching. And McDermott is what five and six in the postseason, if I'm if I'm correct. Yeah. And you know you can waste a generational talent. I've seen other coaches and managers do it. Um, you know, so I, I have concerns about that. I mean, you know, there's no denying that um, you know McDermott has done an incredible job in in rebuilding this franchise. There's no question about it. Um, and but yet um, I still wonder about in the postseason and, and until you know until you show you can win that game and you know like Andy Reid you know for most of his career and now all of a sudden he's going to go down as one of the all-time greats he's you know and, and this will be part of his legacy this this coming Sunday as well will contribute to that in, in, in fact so yeah you raise some great points I'm still I still believe in Josh but at what point here like I mean if the, if the Bills you know, if the Bills don't make the playoffs, which I think would be r- ridiculous, but if they don't make the playoffs next year or they have a one and done or they lose in, in the divisional round or whatever, you know, we're going to hear more talk again about McDermott. And now I don't know if, if Terry Cagula would make a change. I just don't see him doing that. He's paid a lot of Sabres coaches to not coach, right? Um, and so um, I don't know if I would go that far yet. You know, it would be hard to make that call, but um, we'll see. We'll see. I, again, Josh is there, and so the window is still open for me. And as long as it's at least open just a smidgen, there's hope, right? Baseball to close. Um, we were texting when the Hall of Fame class came out, and you were like, eh, you know, and, and I kind of was agree- in agreement. And I started to read more and think more and dive in more. I don't know. I kind of like it. I mean, Leland is one of those throwback dudes. Um, but the three players, man, Adrian Beltre, 3,000 hit club, got better in his 30s, played for multiple teams, all around great player, really good dude. You got Joe Maurer in there who, listen, I think he's a Hall of Famer because I, I think he has a Kofaxian catcher career before he moved to first base. I don't think he's a first ballot guy, however, but you can't argue with those numbers over 10 years. You can't argue with seven batting titles won by catchers. He's got three of them. I think he'd be maybe more of a fourth, fifth ballot kind of guy. And I thought Todd Helton should have been in a long time ago. I don't care about the course field thing. I mean, you look at the home road, the splits, the all-around player there, and I thought Larry Walker maybe would have helped him get in. We see that sometimes. I actually, 
Again, I don't love the class, but I don't think it's terrible. I think there's more there. I think there's more meat on the bone than maybe I saw initially. How about these three guys? And uh, you know, any 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 else? Anything else for you that, that that's jumping out that, that I'm missing here? Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Like you know, Maurer um, again, unprecedented with three batting titles for a catcher. Um, uh, first ballot? No, I I think I think it might still be kind of thin the resume to be. To me, he's not a first belt, but, you know, it kind of eked in, so it wasn't, like, overwhelming or whatever. Um, I would disagree a little bit with, I mean, Helton is a Hall of Famer, um, but I, I do think there were some dramatic splits there. Like, he was, you know, he's far superior hitter in, in the thin air of Coors Field. Now, having said that, it's not his fault, right? It's yeah. just like, you know, a schedule here. Oh, you know, this team's got an easy schedule. Well, it's a schedule I was given. You know, yeah. so, you know, I beat up on some teams, whatever. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fine with all of it. And Beltre is, he's first ballot. There's, there was no question on, on, on that. I, I totally agree. Um, I'm really looking forward to, I mean, next year to have Ichiro is a no-brainer. Like, and then CeCe, Sabathia. And you might have a couple of these guys who came close this year. Wagner's going to get in. Wagner, yeah. right. Um, you know, but I think. I am so looking forward to that, Mike, because I think like you're going to have like thirty or forty thousand people from Japan there for that wow. ceremony. I think it's going to be unbelievable. I really do, and I love the fact that Ichiro, as great a player as he is, he has such an abiding love for the history of the game. He's mm -hmm. given this whole thing. He, you know, he had the relationship with Jeff Bidelson when Jeff was the president of the uh, Hall of Fame. Because I'm giving you everything. I'm giving you everything I have. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I love guys who have an appreciation for the, for the history of their sport. I really do. Yeah, Ichiro, I remember going to see him play in Yankee Stadium in 2005. I got a press credential, and I told, you know, my dad and I went down. And this was back when my dad and I were going to, like, a lot of Yankee games, you know, fresh out of college when I was in high school and college. I mean, it was like a 10-, 12-year stretch. We were going every year somewhere, usually New York every year, but Cleveland certainly. I mean, it was like six, seven, eight games a summer. And, uh, and I told him, I said, I really, really want to apply for this, you know, early August credentialing, not, not for the Yankees. I mean, the Yankees were really good still then, of course, even though, you know, it took a few more years to win it all again, but they were still in the heyday of a lot of the big players and Jeter and Mo and those guys were there. It was because of Ichiro. I said, I, I want to get this credential. I want to, I want to go see this dude play. I got to see this guy. He's so unique. And I still remember uh, watching him play through the years. It's just an unbelievable a ninja out there playing baseball and the right, the cannon in right field and, you know, hitting. And if he had mastered 20, he could have mastered 20 home runs a season. They said, if he wanted to, what a, what a, what a player, what a unique talent. And that is going to be a class for the ages in 2025. All right. Final thing here, more baseball. I just don't know. How, I mean, yeah, they get Juan Soto, the Yankees, but like, I, I don't know where to look to go, wow, they're better. Because even with Soto, I mean, he'll help the offense, but is it going to be drastic? You know, the pitching, they're getting Cortez back, okay, Rodon, injuries, Rodon showed me nothing, and they don't have depth. And then you look at the bullpen. They traded everybody to get Soto. I know they got Ferguson from the Dodgers. I do kind of like that deal, by the way. But then it's the same problem as the rotation. So, And then I look at Baltimore, new ownership, and they get Corbin Burns, and Again, the AL is kind of like a lot better, I think, than last year overall, right? So why am I feeling anything besides what you and I have talked about with Cashman running things? 
why is it different? Why? Just t- tell, give me something. I, I can't, I got nothing here. Yeah. I mean, the lineup should be better with Soto. He, he's a, he's an incredible talent. There's no question about it. You would expect that Volpe's going to be better. Wells is going to be better. Your young guys. Neighbor stays, maybe? Yeah. You know, um, but I'm very. what concerns me most about, about this team is, is the pitch. Rodon could wind up being, a, you know, a worse acquisition, maybe the worst of all time. For Cashman, he, he has that potential. It's 160 million dollars, Mike. 160 million, and you know, so if he's just a dog, he doesn't ever, you know, get back to to his form, which is a you know distinct possibility. What what a horrible, um, you know, move that was, and the implications. Now, yeah, Cortez. Here's the thing with you know, I'm looking at the Yankees. Here's the thing that you've got so many question marks, and if all the question marks were to be answered, this team could win the World Series. Right. There's too many question marks. I mean, Rodon, uh, Cortez, you you know, Clark Schmidt looks like he has an awful lot of talent and potential, but there's still potential still. Age and um, injuries, age and injuries every yeah, year. You you know, and Mike, and you're gonna put you're gonna put um, you know you're you're gonna put Judge in center field. Judge yeah. is you know he's got an injury history. 31. 32. 32. Yeah. And uh, that's a lot of ground to cover. Now, I know he's going to, you know, they're going to supplement. They got extra guys, and he's got a caddy to play center field for him, and he can DH. I get all that. But that's still a lot of wear and tear on him. And, not, and, it, and again, Judge is a great athlete. He can, It's not that he can't play it. He's, he can play it exceptionally well, better than average. He can play center field. I get all that. But I think you're, you know, you're really playing with fire here, I think. And, um, you know, the other question marks, like, yeah, if Anthony Rizzo comes back and is the Anthony, yeah, that's great. That's great. You know, you you got more balance. Now you got more lefties in your lineup, which you should have had from the start because you're in Yankee Stadium with a short porch. You know, come on, guys, when you're building a team, Um, you know, does anybody really expect, you know, anything from Stanton? Never. I mean, come on. You know, like, we really think, like, oh, I'm going to work in the offseason and, and I'm, I'm not going to keep swinging it at that low and away, low and away that's a foot outside the plate, right? So, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to keep hope. You know, it, it, it's spring. You know, pitchers and catchers are getting ready, and I love this time of the year. But there's an awful lot of questions that have to be answered in order for it to work out. Yeah, I agree with you. The long line of questions are still there, and they will be there over the course of 162 games, no doubt about it. Scott Petoniak, the best-selling author and sports columnist, Rochester Business Journal, covering the Bills for decades, sports for a long, long time. Go get all of his books, uh, nearby bookstores, Amazon.com, and more, including this one, Invisible No More, the historical novel. Uh, Wilmoth Sadat Singh, I, I cannot wait to dive into this thing. He's got a bunch of quotes and uh from some huge names and, and some forward information and Don McPherson's in this thing. Mike Tarico's in this thing at the beginning. And uh, if you want history, you want Syracuse history, nobody knows it better than this guy, Scott Petoniak. So go get that book, major bookstores and online where books are sold. And this interview is brought to you by our good friends at Rosie's corner, Stanley law offices and Welch and company jewelers. Go shop the showcase today at welchjewelers.com. Scott, great seeing you. And uh, I'll be talking with you real soon. Cooperstown is coming up. You mentioned uh, pitchers and catchers reporting. 
We haven't really had a lot of winter, although I probably just jinxed it. And uh, hopefully, hopefully I'll be out in Rochester soon too. I'll pay you a visitor if you're here. Lunch is on me, my friend. Thanks so much for coming on. Hey, thanks as always, Mike. It's great to see you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.